Hello, I'm Danini Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. We will also take a look at the week's biggest agricultural news stories. New on shelf this week is our 9 October issue, which will be on sale from the 2nd of October. This week's main feature articles include a piece on South Africa's new online platform for hiring farm equipment. Also read about a veteran Santa Gertrudes breeder who shares some insight on successful beef production. We feature an emerging poultry producer who tells us about how she started her broiler business. And we take a look at the finer details of farming with papayas. In 2016, while being on maternity leave with her second son, Johandra Klute decided to start farming with broilers to boost her income. With no farming experience, she did a lot of research to learn more about broiler production and found an animal feed nutritionist who assisted her in formulating her own broiler feed. She started out raising 300 broiler chicks, which she sold to traders and consumers in Mfeleni near Blackheath in Cape Town. The business did so well that she decided not to return to her permanent job. And in 2017, she had the opportunity to start supplying day-old broiler chicks to small and emerging farmers in the Western Cape. From then on, Kluta also started mentoring farmers and supplying feed and other poultry products to these farmers. The biggest issue for new entrants and small-scale producers says Kluter, is their lack of knowledge and the fact that they are unable to afford veterinarian services or production consultants. By supplying chicks, feed, poultry equipment, medicine and sanitizing products helps to lower input costs for all the farmers in a network, says Kluter, because then she can source all their production needs at one place. Her business has grown to such an extent that she had to move to a larger premise in Eustenberg Flakte in July 2019. Now she's mentoring over a hundred farmers and supplying the market with up to 12,000 day old chicks a week, while also producing up to 6,000 broilers in a six week cycle. Our crop feature this week profiles a papaya producer from Upumalanga, Giovanni Seco who says that papayas are a relatively straightforward to produce crop, but with high volumes and unstable demand, farming with this fruit requires careful management to ensure the crop remains profitable. Seko and her family have been farming in Mapumalanga since the 1970s, and when they arrived on the farm, papayas were already on production on the property. Nowadays, they produce approximately 200 hectares of papayas, planted at a density of roughly 1,600 trees per hectare. Seko says that from the time the papaya seedlings are planted, there is a 12-month wait for the first crop. Thereafter, the trees keep producing continuously throughout the year, with only a slight dip in yield from January to March. Since the trees produce fruit throughout the year, Labour is needed to constantly pick mature fruit in the orchards. Once the trees reach the 19-month mark, a ladder needs to be used to harvest the fruit.
A picker and catcher work together with one climbing ladder and picking, passing the fruit down to the catcher below, who places it in crates. Meanwhile, there is another team removing the crates via a tractor that moves between the rows. Seko says that out of season, they require seven pickers and seven catchers in the orchards, and this doubles during peak season. The challenge with papaya production, she says, lies in the marketing and balancing often low prices with the constant cost of production. They supply supermarkets directly as well as municipal markets, and they also do direct sales to fruit shops. Papayas compete with all other fruit categories, and according to Seco, at the end of August to around mid-September, there is a small gap in the market where the prices are high because the citrus season is finished and the stone fruit and grapes have not yet started. This week, our featured livestock farmer is Amy Williams, who has farmed Santa Gertrudis cattle for over 45 years. Her Williams Santa Gertrudis stud prides itself on breeding functionally efficient animals with good beef qualities. Backed by her 45 years in the local industry, it is no surprise then that Williams has won numerous awards and prizes for her cattle. One of her stud bulls has been nominated this year for an Agricultural Research Council Platinum Bull Award. The Williams stud consists of 125 breeding cows, with the full herd between 280 and 340 head, depending on the time of year. Williams says they stock at a ratio of around one head of cattle per four hectares, and the cattle don't get additional feed, only licks. The herd averages an intercalving period of 401 days, providing calves with an average birth weight of 37 kilograms, and the herd's calving percentage varies according to felt conditions, but stands on average between 86 and 93%. Williams's selection criteria for the herd focuses primarily on fertility, and she says that if you don't have fertility, you have nothing. Since her main market is commercial farmers, Williams aims to manage her herd in a similar manner to how commercial producers do, in order to lessen the shock when bulls are sold and introduced to a new area. She plays an active role in mentoring emerging farmers, and she says that the success in stud breeding can only come from hard work, dedication, and an absolute love for the process. Now let's quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. Statistics South Africa released the latest quarterly labor force survey this week, which showed that 2,2 million jobs were lost in South Africa in the second quarter of 2020. During this period, about 66,000 jobs were lost in the agricultural sector. Agricultural economist Vessel Lemmer, who is the general manager for grain at Agbers, said that the consequences of the COVID-19 pandemic and the ban on the sale of tobacco and alcohol may have contributed to the loss of agricultural jobs. In the next story, beekeeping offered a lifeline to many rural communities as this essential service allowed them to generate an income during the COVID-19 related lockdown. The next story, which also focuses on the impact of COVID-19 on job creation in the agriculture sector, looks at beekeeping, which offered a lifeline to many rural communities as this essential service allowed them to generate an income during the lockdown. 
However, the spike in demand for honey and pollination services during this time coincided with an increase in bee and honey theft. Quibus Fisser, the manager of Bee Naked Honey Farms, said there has been significant growth in the demand for honey over the past six months, which he believed was the case for many natural products with health properties. However, the increase in demand over the years has also resulted in an increase in theft. This year, he said, they had to change their operations to make their hives more theft-proof. Inge Lauter, the chairperson of the Pumilanga Beekeepers Association, said that between April and September this year, there had been an increase in the theft of beehives in the low felt. Lauter said, there are those that are just after the honey who then not only break the hives, but kill the bees as well. Then there are those thieves who steal the entire hive so that they can start their own pollination services. Now onto food prices. Based on the results from its Essential Food Price Monitoring Report, South Africa's Competition Commission has said that the higher margins made by retailers on fresh produce during the COVID-19 pandemic needed further investigation. According to the report, produce farmers had been particularly vocal about how declining prices on fresh produce markets had not been reflected in declining shelf prices for retailers, suggesting that profiteering had taken place and that competition in retail markets may not be functioning well. For potatoes, for example, the margin had remained relatively constant until April, after which a sharp increase in retail pricing was evident, but without concomitant increase in wholesale prices, resulting in much higher margins in the retail sector. According to the Competition Commission, this is particularly concerning, as it shows that retailers may have exploited the panic buying to raise prices, even though their own costs were not necessarily increasing at the same rate. The Competition Commission has therefore stressed that it is justified that a more detailed investigation needs to be undertaken so that explanations can be given to the public from retailers. In the previous episode, I gave an update on the rooibos industry in South Africa, which is experiencing very low prices at the moment. This week, we look at the honeybush tea industry. According to the industry insiders, demand for honeybush tea has declined dramatically since the introduction of the COVID-19-related lockdown regulations. And there's been an influx of new entrants to the industry, adding to price pressure. Eugene Smith, the chairperson of the South African Honeybush Tea Association, said the industry had seen an almost weekly increase in the number of new entrants. He said the industry is concerned about the high number of new entrants who see honeybush as a get-rich-quick fix and are more focused on quantities than the quality of the tea. Due to this rapid rise in production, the demand for honeybush had therefore not kept up with the rise in output, with demand remaining relatively stagnant at 350 tons per year. The majority of processors have adjusted their prices downward by roughly one rand per kilogram, but have also encouraged growers and harvesters to rather hold back supplies. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join me again next week when I will be discussing some of the features from the 16 October issue in which you can read about broccoli production in the low felt. We feature a farmer from the Karoo who grazes his sheep on onion plants during the dry months. And we focus on breeding with the South African beef cattle breed, the Brafford. 
Remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming.